Hey guys, welcome to the Be Wamas podcast. We're coming to you from Power at the Pass. This is a brand new effort that uh, really we're just trying to celebrate 10 years of Be Wamas, which is the barbed wire open mic series, giving people a stage here in the city of El Paso and the surrounding regions. So my plan is just to invite guests to come on out, talk a little bit about their, themselves. I'm thinking musicians and artists. And uh, today we have a very special guest. We have Daniel Rivera in the house. And for the uninitiated, he's a local musician, composer, and like most musicians, a lot of his experiences have informed his music, his musical creation, his lyrics, and the feel and vibe to his, his music. So I invited him here to talk a little bit about some of his music, his process, some of his influences, and a little bit about his CD, self-titled The Golden Groove, which is also the name of the group you can find online. Uh, hey, Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Richie, how are you doing? Thank you. Great, man. Nice, man. Power at the Pass, huh? Okay. Power at the Pass. We're here in, the, in the, kind of the main room. The point is just to give people an opportunity. It's kind of like open mic, but like for you're the feature, and people get to hear a little bit more of your story. So, Daniel, um, I know you've been playing music for a while. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what got you into music and specifically like the path you're on as a musician? Sure thing, Richie. I'd love to share that. Ah, uh, let's see. Well, I've always loved music since I was young, or than I am now. <laughs> uh, when I was in middle school and high school, I was discovering different different sounds. You know, uh-huh. uh, I heard my first, uh, I think, symphony was in, in high school. After going through all of the all of the rock face, I loved Iron Maiden and right. Black Sabbath and all the guitarists. That. You know, and. Uh, came across Ingwe Malmsteen and he changed my outlook completely. Ingwe, Ingwe. Ingwe. Yeah. And of course at the same time I was I was playing the saxophone so I, I you know was studying the music studying and playing the music okay. of, of Charles Mingus, some Charlie Parker, some Coltrane at a very young age, you know. So obviously if you you know want to get into jazz, I mean or if you've played the saxophone, uh-huh. one of the first things you listen to is jazz. I think maybe later on classical music once you get more pro. Uh-huh. Um, so that's an interesting mix, right? Coming from metal, loving Ingwe. Did you ever envision yourself as a star, being like the Ingwe Malmsteen of saxophone? Oh man, that's a crazy With question, antics man. and everything. I know, I know. I'm going there. Jesus Christ, Richie. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I think the possibilities are endless, and I think uh, somebody has to do uh, make a contribution for for the saxophone. Sure. And I wouldn't say specifically like Ingwe Malmsteen, but I, I, w- I do really like the idea of a soloist with an orchestra. And that's, that's okay. funny, now, now that you touch the subject, that's something that I've, I've actually worked f- towards for, for many years. You know? Yes, yeah, working with trying to recruit string players for some of your compositions. That's right, that's right. Okay, cool. I'd love to hear more. You know, there's, there's so many uh, compositions that you can talk about. And I know we, we kind of planned some specifically for this episode. But really, man, go free range. Whatever comes up, this is just... Be comfortable, just like we talk on, on a normal basis. Okay. Minus, you know, all those other things. Sure. <laughs> so tell me more. You so well, you start sa- to get into jazz, right? Right, right. And, and, and the saxophone is an interesting, uh, interesting uh, instrument. You know, I actually was playing guitar since my uh, in middle school. Okay. Since you know, middle school. Uh, you know, so that was your guitar. first instrument. No, no, oh, it wasn't. Okay, but it was okay. it was my self-taught instrument. It was like my it was like my uh, gateway to to another world besides the the, the world of, of uh, horn players, okay. you know, okay. horn music. But but having said that, 
the the saxophone itself it's it's almost like the instrument picked me you know what i mean oh, it's you know one of those people huh? say that sometimes mm -hmm. i i can vouch for that did it sing to you, know, you? If, did if, it like was, did it glow like it, did it glow? Them? like when you looked when you went into the <laughs> store to look at all the instruments wow. did it like radiate like, like an archetype did, were there like, that like I was, was in a, a chorus cave. of heavenly angels. I, I was in a cave of darkness, Richie, in a, a golden light. And was, there, was there like a knight there? He's like, choose wisely, <laughs> you know. And well, I'll tell you what, Richie. If uh, if if I was born somewhere else and uh, and I was given a harp, you know, imagine that my life would be totally different. But but I have a saxophone. I think that'd be pretty badass. I don't want to know harp, Daniel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think they got that covered in other places. Okay. Tell us more True. about the saxophone. <clears throat> the saxophone is, is a very interesting instrument. I learned much later. You know, when, when I graduated is, is when the, the absolute uh, leap was for me, you know? Okay. And I, I, I like to share this story because some, some, people, some of our listeners may actually be in this stage right now. Uh-huh. You know? Okay. You're seniors in high school and you say, all right, this is it. And your teachers are saying, hey, figure out what you're going to do with your life. And of course, we don't know what we're going to do, you no, know? You have, to, you have to decide right there. Yeah, like, that's how they but, make you feel like. But the system says you and have the real to decide life. right now. Pick a title for <laughs> yourself world. and it will decide your okay. whole life. Of okay. course, that's so much uh, pressure, you know. Sure. But, but, but me with this optimistic idealism, whatever, or mad fool's hope, if you will, I, like I decided to say, you know what? I can't quit music. I can't just mm -hmm. give back my instrument to my teachers and, and go off okay. and do something else. I love English. I love writing. But, but man, music's got to be a part of my, of my life. So, mm -hmm. so that's when I said, you know what? I'll do music. I'll study music. And that's when it got serious, you know? Okay. That's when I thought, every day of my life, I'm working towards something, and perhaps someday, I'll be able to share it with a lot of people and make a lot of people happy, you know? Or if a lot of people are sad, we can all be sad together, you know? Or if we're all angry, we can all share that sentiment yeah. together through music. Definitely, and it's, you know? it's a great way to, to connect. Um, it's great expression, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it connects many, many people. Uh, and I, I like to think that you do that when you play local music, you know, locally or any, any venue. Um, hey, man, so tell us a little bit about, I mean, obviously, I'm going to skip a lot here because then you sure. went to school and studied and, and, you know, yada, yada, we do the, the great yada, yada, yada. Go ahead, man. You know, for those Seinfeld fans out there. Uh, <laughs> I have to do the time. <coughs> anyway, me, uh, so, you know, one thing that interests me is, is like, personally, as a, as a musician, like a working musician, like, mm -hmm. le like legitimately, that's how you survive. I, knowing you personally, I've, I've seen you like do it all, like just, you know, go to venues and just push it, you know, yeah. getting numbers, making contacts, like, you know, always put, and traveling and doing that and traveling around the world and, and pushing your music. And, and so one of the cool things that came out of that is your CD, self-titled Golden Groove. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure thing. Well, the, the CD is, is definitely a, an accomplishment and a group effort that I'm very happy about. Of course, it's, it's not all me. It's a compilation of a lot of us that, that, okay. uh, that are that have come into play yourself included you know okay. richie you you have helped a lot and, and i believe two or three three out of eight tracks in the cd you produced you know so i'm really thankful That's for cool, that man i actually didn't even know that till today well you know <laughs> when i looked at the cd i was like wait a minute the truth will shine upon you that's Rich. cool that's cool man <laughs> <laughs> and and all the musicians that that, I, that i've come across that have been uh bold and courageous to say okay this is different but i'm gonna try it daniel uh -huh. where do you want me 
That's what do you right. need me to do? Oh yeah, let's try this. You know, those are the kind of people you want. To These are the kind of people if, if I create, want, right? Yeah. Hey, what do you need? What do you want? Like, I mean, not like yes men either, but like, how can we help each other create? Absolutely, this thing absolutely. And make man. it successful. Everybody has something to contribute. You know, okay. I have my own story. Oh. Other people have their own stories. But the magic, I always believe, is what happens when all of us come together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and anywho, about the about the album, <clears throat> well, you have you have a compilation here. That comprises our first album, okay. and that's uh, about six years' work. I like to say six or seven years' work. Okay. Uh, the first track that was recorded is Strings on Fire. That was back in 2010. Oh, I love that piece. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I think people really like that one for some reason. I think it's, it's the... It's fast. It's I mean, fast, It reminds yeah. me of Bebop, you know, like <clears throat> Charlie Parker riffs, like just going crazy through the night and it's it's madness in a way yeah like a car chase or something chase, and and yeah. one of the initial things when i was studying is, is when i said okay if i'm going to be a composer what 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 do i want to do you know and mm -hmm. I, I i always wanted the idea of a blend you know a fusion yes i don't want just your, your usual jazz quartet and and that's the way things evolve man and, and if anyone knows we know living here on the border mm -hmm. right where there's so many different types of influences mm -hmm. Uh, what we love and what we enjoy and what we create is kind of a mixture of lots of many things, almost like a remix. And so I hear that. Like, so can you tell us a little bit more about how that influence goes into your sound and even your, your unique time signatures? That's something I really enjoy about your pieces in particular. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, sure thing. You know, I think it's a special thing when people ask me, what makes your music different, you know? Yeah. Well, we invited him to bring his saxophone here to the studio. So, yeah, you can show us. First. Yeah, sure thing. You know, a lot of music is naturally in four, you know, so you have four beats and, and then you have like... But okay. I really like to play in uh, more... Um, and that was four? Yes, that was four. I was going one, two, three, four. Great four, man. You know, one, two, three, but... but uh, what I'm trying to say is that I, I'd like to experiment further to like, you know, seven beats, five beats, things okay. like that. So, for instance, on the on the album, you have the track Towards New Horizons. Okay. That one will definitely take you into a different different rhythm, you know? Yeah. The rhythm of this here. I hear that. And that's, that's actually very catchy. Um, since I hear a lot of music, that's usually the kind of beat that always gets stuck in my head. You, you know I already know the beat. Like, <laughs> I can just jump in. Yeah, well, I, I, do, I do have to get, give credit. You know, I, I, I'm just one more human being passing by. I can't tell you I came up with seven beats. Because I didn't, you know? No way. But, uh, <laughs> come on. But, so the you guy know, who came up with I'm... six was like, who's this Daniel Rivetta guy? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and that's that's what I'm saying. No, no, none of that is the okay. case. That's right. But but what I'm saying is is where, where do these come from? You know, I, I can tell you uh, two different instances where uh -huh. I, where I, I really hit me. You know, this rhythm is like whoa. Like I got to try that, and it, it sent me on a quest for years and years. Which I kid you okay. not, two or three years later, I was still writing. You know, seven beats, trying to figure out how to how to make it sound more melodic, how to make it sound simple, because it's uh -huh. really called an odd meter. Odd. Yes. You know, how, how do you take out so the it's, oddness? So it's uncommon, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I heard Rush, for instance. I heard Rush playing uh, off of their Hemispheres album in okay. 20, 2011. A good friend showed it to me. Okay. And, you know, he starts off in four, and all of a sudden he goes, bam, bam, da, da, bam, bam. 
and it just hit me between the eyes. And I'm thinking, whoa, what did I just listen right, to? Right to the third eye? Yes, right between the eyes. <laughs> is, is that, if that's a thing of yours. <laughs> For everybody, really. Okay. But, 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 but then I heard, uh, you know, I was in ties. I've heard Tool do it too. But, Rush but, and Tool. I think of Dave Brubeck Dave too. Dave like yeah, People then, like experimenting with time signatures, odd signatures, and, and kind of in the middle of songs. That's cool. Yeah, I'm sorry, go yeah. on. Go no, on. no, yeah, you're right, you're right. And I think the interesting part is when you say, okay, where is this really coming from? This is not, this is not American, you know? Mm. This, is, this is not from our soil. Where does this rhythm come from? Ah, okay. uh, and I could pinpoint that I, uh, the Greeks use it a lot. Okay, so getting into some ethnomusicology here. Uh, yeah, you know? For, because for the, okay. that, that's what I, I like to, I, I like to really, uh, I think is fascinating to me mm. that, that uh, the human spirit just, just expresses itself throughout yeah. the world in different ways. But somehow sure. we all have that one thing that, uh, that common musically, thread, yeah, uh, musically. That this, common thread that we pluck <coughs> and it's beautiful music that comes out. Or <laughs> You're such a poet, Richard. Sometimes it's harmonious, sometimes it's a little discordant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be. Much like the world, okay. you know, but, sure. but uh, the Greeks, you know, in the Middle East... In Africa, of course, you know, if you ever listen to Santana's music, he totally course, thrived man. on that. And I think of, uh, he took, uh, took, sorry, <laughs> you know, was inspired by uh, Babatunde Alatunji, right? Right, African we drummer, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. So I think that, yeah. And, and by the way, I don't, say, I don't mean took. Like, I, I really do believe that creation requires influence. Of course, yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, that, that, that uh, many times involves traveling, you know, it involves uh, being very open-minded and, mm-hmm. and, and plunging yourself into, into a different culture, which cool. we've seen musicians do in the past and is always very, very fruitful, you know, like John McLaughlin, I, I don't know how, how yes. if you've never checked him out, check him out. Yeah. You know? John McLaughlin was a jazz guitarist, played with Miles Davis, did the whole thing. Eventually, at least I like to believe, maybe he, he got a... I don't want to say he got bored, but he was just not fulfilled, and so he sought something more, something and he found in himself world. in the music of India, okay. ancient India, and That's he's right. out there in, a, in a, you know, South India, North India, he meets uh, Sakir Hussein and all these people, and before you know it, he's starting to, uh, to, to learn the tradition that turns out to be vast and different. Mm-hmm. than ours you know yes. for them for them to in the middle uh, not the middle east for them in india to step into a, a stage it's it's a sacred experience for them they do it so you much to reverence go to school like to go to study school. under like a teacher right With for so many years before you even like step up publicly right that's right and they yeah. they are not allowed to step into the stage until 10 years after studying wow. imagine that so it's like a PhD in, in rhythm and, and music. And I think like, it's beyond. Or, or yeah. like spiritual. Yeah, maybe, I think it's like, beyond degrees. Okay, and, okay. and I think it's very, uh, it, it really is a beautiful thing. At least for me, it helps me put things into into perspective. You know, if, uh-huh. if I'm here in, in, in El Paso or, or in Mexico, in the U.S., anywhere here in the West, and I get to step into a stage, and then I better do that with reverence, and, and, and I, I better honor that experience because if somebody on the other side of the world went through that much reverence in their spirit, yeah. then so should I. That's great. You know? And I know you've done a lot of traveling. And that, as I mentioned earlier, that really does inform a lot of what uh, I think your spirit sings when you, when you want to speak it through your horn or more so like any composition. Because since then, you've expanded out towards the, the piano and getting back to the guitar and even singing, right? Lyrics, lyricism. So I like the way it's all come together. 
Uh, hey, when we come back, let's go ahead and, and talk a little bit more about your journeys. But for now, let's listen to that track that you were talking about. Let's go ahead and, and this is Towards New Horizons from his CD. Thank you. 
that was Towards New Horizons from the self-titled EP, The Golden Groove, composed and written by Daniel Rivetta, uh, who is our guest right now on the podcast. Uh, so Daniel, now that the CD is out, and I know you put in a lot of hard work and, and effort on pushing the CD, getting it made, recording, and, and you know, kind of gathering the right musicians for the part, um, now that it's out, where do you see yourself moving forward musically? Well, definitely uh, pressing forward, forward, always forward. Um, I think I'm very excited now to, to write new music okay. now that this has been released. Uh, something happens, you know, maybe psychologically when you, when you finally get to share something that, that before had not been shared, you know? That's part think of, of Yeah, think of the painter that has, you know, maybe achieved something beautiful in a painting, but nobody's seen it, maybe for a year or two years. That painter may, 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 may not go on to paint new things until that last one is seen, you know? But maybe that's just me, maybe that's not the right mindset, you know? Having said that, now that that is shared, um, I, I find my, my, my thoughts and my writing flowing a lot better, and <clears throat> different mediums, so a lot of new music and a lot of traveling, okay. you know, branching yeah. out of El Paso, but definitely keeping, keeping our people in El Paso always close to us, you know. Home is always home. Home is always home, you yeah. know. Home is where the heart is, and, and, and a lot of people have, have grown to really, really appreciate and just express a lot of, a lot of respect and, and very important things for the Golden Groove. Yes. Okay. You know. So having said that, uh, we did... We did uh, we do have in, in, in the process a, a new recording session at Star City, Star City Studios. Oh, it's a great place. I, I, love, yeah, I love Star City. I, yeah. I've been involved with a couple of events there myself. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's love great. It. It's, yeah. it's always great. And everything just lined up because uh, back in November, there was a songwriters, songwriters contest. Mm -hmm. um, well, I was the host. So you were the host. I totally you remember that. Do you remember that, Richard? <laughs> I think I was there. I think I was there. You were there. the host, Richard. <clears throat> and, 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 you know, very thankful for the outcome. So uh, te yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, the results of the songwriting contest. Yeah. Basically, what happened is, is we want ourselves three hours of studio time. Oh, great. Star City. Great. And of course, that's something that if you strategically uh, plan, you can just go in there and nail track after track. And, you know, people have told me that's ambitious, Daniel, but I strongly believe we can go in there and nail the next album. Well, that's true. It, it's, you know? It certainly is ambitious. <clears throat> uh, earlier, uh, during our first part of the show, mm -hmm. we actually had uh, Matthew Torres uh, kind of listening in. And if you don't know, um, listeners, right now, he started Siren Sound Production, and you know he helped out a little bit, was set up, he checked it out. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about as we were setting up is this idea of, of a recording session. Sometimes um, musicians and artists go into a recording studio and are completely caught off guard by like how different it is and realize like how ready they aren't. So you, you're telling me that you are gonna nail it, you're gonna be ready. Absolutely. Cool, so tell me wh what's part of that process? You're getting string players together? That too, that? definitely. Okay. But def it, before, before that even happened, it's just a lot of rehearsing, a lot yeah. of structuring, you know, deciding song form, okay. so that any question that any musician asks me, I can, <clears throat> I, I can serve that and say, okay. yes, look, we're gonna do this two times, we're gonna from here to here, nothing is improvised, you yeah. know? And well, except of course solos. You know, there there is freedom. Musicians sure. do improvise on record, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about you know verse one, verse two. This is a whole song. Some I've been recording myself a lot over and over every day, so, uh, getting myself in that mindset so that when I get in the studio, bam, it feels natural. That's you know? great. And and so you're you're writing new songs <clears throat> for this then? Is there? Okay, cool. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about those. Yeah, you're sure on the show. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, some are relatively new. I am going to go back a little because uh, there's songs that still have not been recorded. Uh -huh. And we are going to keep recording. So, Daniel. Yes, sir. Your EP. I'm sorry. It's not even an EP. It's an album. You just went straight up for the album. That's right. It's, it's uh, self-titled, The Golden Groove. Yes, sir. I love the name and, and the logo and really the kind of design behind it. <clears throat> Can you tell us a little bit more about... The, the essence of what is the Golden Groove, what inspired it, and just, you know, if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Golden Groove has grown much since uh, 2014, is when I came back to El Paso okay. from uh, studying in San Antonio and traveling and exploring that Austin, San Antonio, yeah. notoriously. Part of that, that traveling that you were talking about earlier in the podcast. That's right. right. Okay, That's right. Cool. That notoriously self-proclaimed city of music, you know? I had I've to see it I've never heard myself. that. Is that a, is that a thing? Self-proclaimed self capital. Well, I like to call it self-proclaimed. Oh. So you proclaim it for... No, I don't I'm... proclaim it. They proclaim themselves oh, to be the okay. city of music. I've spent uh, a Austin, whole lot of time. You know? Okay, okay. But, but, uh, but who's to say that Nashville's not the capital or, 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 sure. or West Coast or El Paso, you know? Yeah. I, I've always thought that to be, well, I have to see it myself. And, sure. I, and I've seen it. There is a lot of potential. But I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I digress. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's well, my fault for being like pedantic <laughs> about it. Like, who yeah. says that? And, and who, like... <laughs> hey, don't question me, Richie. <laughs> no, oh, cool, I'm man. Kidding, so tell I'm me kidding. more about the Golden Groove. So All the right, Golden yeah. Groove formed in 2014. You know, they like to, people say that and you're, if you're in the right place at the right time, good things happen. I like to believe the Golden Groove was exactly that. Dig that. I came back with a lot of momentum, a little bit of anger in my heart and a lot of motivation and a lot of love in my heart at the same time to be back. It's a combination so said, there. This is it. This is it. I've built up to it all my life. If I don't make something worthy now, I'm not a composer. I'm not a musician. But then we did, um, you know, stars aligned. Three of us got together. The core group was uh, myself on tenor saxophone yeah. and keyboards, uh, Chris Serrano on drums. Okay. Shout, Shout out to out. Chris, who, who's in the studio as well. Shout out to our friend Chris. Love you, love you man. <laughs> and uh, Adrian Marmolejo on bass. Yes. Who was an absolute genius and, 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 and just, he's just a cool guy, laid back, awesome guy, you know. He liked to build amps, uh, fix fix amps, build pedals, I'm sorry, you like yeah. to build pedals, fix amps, and play my music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's we cool. got along real well, and, and we started, uh, we, really, uh, we really gained momentum so much faster than, than I could have imagined, or, or that I could have asked for, and before we knew it, I mean, from one month to two months later, we were performing everywhere, and mm -hmm. really the stars aligned, you know? Do you, uh, do you have any, like, <clears throat> favorite shows that you can think of, top of the head? Oh, yeah, there's a couple, uh -huh. you know, and... and uh, we played, of course, a lot at the Coco Bar. It became yes. a consistent thing. That was nice. I enjoyed going to that those. That was always good. And, and we got to play through, through a, lot of, a lot of venues. And mm -hmm. as the years went by, the Golden Groove branched out, you know, due to different reasons for more musicians. Um, and yeah. eventually it's, it's become a, a, a sort of a, you know, experiencing the best musicians that El Paso yes. has to offer. I've had the privilege to play with Maestro Fernando Lechuga and his brother, with Carlos Benitez, classical guitarist. Yes, okay. You know, with uh, different, different artists that I really am humbled for them to have said, yeah, I'll join your group, you know. Uh, violinist from the symphony orchestra, Nico Perkins on drums. You know, people, people yeah, that I, okay. I, I would look up to and say, I'd love to play with them. And, you know, just worlds, worlds converge, as I like to say. And so, so when I, I, I get that privilege to, to present musicians that I myself look up to, 
it's like I get to introduce to the people musicians that they otherwise would not have heard. Yeah. It really is a humbling experience. And so, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's always great. Also, uh, Eric Onsworth has always been supportive mm -hmm. too, bass mm -hmm. player. Then Manny Flores came along. Manny oh, Flores I is now... I love Manny, yeah. Yeah, he's something else. You know, he's now a core member of the group. He's been mm -hmm. to Brazil many more times than he can count. Uh, he's got that Brazilian knowledge and wisdom, you know. He's <laughs> Specifically Brazilian knowledge and wisdom. Well, I, I mean, I mean... No, that, I, I know what yes. you're saying. <laughs> knowledge of rhythms, For, you for know? those of you who don't know, I, he spent <clears throat> a lot of time in Brazil and, and uh, basically had a, a teacher there, right? Yeah, like that's a great right. master. Oh, yeah, you know, there's the Hermeto Pasquat, uh -huh. you know, the, the, the composer of, of, of uh, South America and Brazil. Okay. He's, he's, they, they praise him as a musical wizard. And so Manny is, is, is a really close friend of his. Yeah. He helps him out in business and he, he promotes his music, you know. Okay. So naturally they, they uh, it's just great. It's all just that's great. That's great. And, and honestly, though, uh, from my own perspective, I think you linking up with Manny has mm -hmm. kind of ushered in a, a little bit of a renaissance for you, I think, as a musician, because he offers a, a, a unique perspective that I think I've seen you kind of start to implement more and more business-minded, but also with the spirit of the music. So I've really enjoyed uh, Manny becoming a part of that lineup. Absolutely. And set, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's really a blessing for, for all of us to, to, to have with us, you know. He's, yeah. he's taught me a lot, and especially, you know, it's, it, it is a, a very... Uh, harsh world out there that we're dealing with uh, specifically with business yeah. uh, lining up venues scheduling sometimes people don't take you seriously that's a yeah, that's a part that a lot of people don't think about yeah it's, it can be rough especially yeah. i think for jazz yeah and i know you didn't need the j word <laughs> the j word the uh oh j word. yeah i know i know uh we sometimes, play hard sometimes it doesn't book you know <laughs> yeah have you had that experience oh absolutely you know uh when I first came back to El Paso is when I got the slap in the face. Uh -huh. I saw the reaction between saying, yeah, I book, uh, I have jazz. Oh, talk to this guy. Yeah. And then one day I say, you know what? I'm going to try something else. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a live music group. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. Okay. I thought maybe there's some sort of a stigma to the word jazz, which I don't agree with. And it has caused some dissonance in me. But sure. I've, I've, I've grown to reconcile with that because ultimately, uh, part, of, part of the... Part of the purpose is to keep a, a certain tradition alive, you know? Uh -huh. And of course, that's at the same time as pushing forward and, and, and reinventing and developing our own voice. But if you ever go to a Golden Groove show, I will always make sure that you're exposed to the music of John Coltrane, you're exposed to the music of Charles Mingus, mm -hmm. Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, so on and so forth, you know? Because yeah. like I tell the crowds, it's, it's, it's America's music. And yeah. even here in El Paso, unfortunately, there's very few of us that are doing it. So I, I, I carry that responsibility, you know. I've grown to just embrace it. Yeah, man. Mr. Atlas here, huh? No, no. With the weight of jazz on your back. Oh, no. No, no? No, okay. no, no. Jazz, jazz is great. Jazz. Uh, and it's great. You know, you talk about traveling, like, in, in many ways, uh, playing these, these classics and standards, uh, in many ways, allows us to time travel. Time traveling, you say? Yeah, to a little different period. Holy the, shit. The, <laughs> well... Time okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm getting too too abstract here. Oh, but. time travel. Oh, okay. I yeah. see what you mean. Yeah, well, absolutely. Because or or to different places. You know, when you introduce a song, like, all right, for our next song, we're going to go to Brazil. Very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, the music is a vessel, 
for the mind to experience other worlds that we may not be part of anymore. Otherworldly rhythmic vibrations, You know? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) We can even take them as far back as the classical period, as the Baroque. You know I love that stuff. I love the Renaissance. I play them La Folia every now and then, Uh you know? Oh, I love it. Let me play it for you right now. Yeah, play a little clip of that. Let's let's go back to the 1500s. Show us us a bit of that. Of course, the saxophone wasn't invented back then, so... uh, But that's why we time travel. Music historians, please bear with me. But I've done my research. I, I as like well. the idea of like someone listening in, like, well, that would never happen. And, Except and, it is right now. <laughs> it's happening Listen right up. now. Here's La Folia. <laughs> great man i love it thank you thank you man. for sharing I, that okay and what was the name of that piece again so that that is a piece entitled entitled la folia la folia um okay. i very recently discovered it but it's everything but recent mm-hmm. you know it's uh, <laughs> except the fa- except the version you just heard there's nothing recent, recent about it and and what i found fascinating is that uh it's much like the blues you know if i if i go to any part of the world I may not be able to speak, you know, French or German or what have you, but uh-huh. if I find a jazz club and I show up with my saxophone, hey, can we play the blues? Uh-huh. We're all going to know it's 12 bars. We're all going to know this and that. And we can just speak the same language. Uh-huh. So having said that, backtrack uh, four or 500 years ago, and the, the musicians, the composers, they would do the same. You know, they would all play the blues. They would play through the form, a, a very standard form that everybody had to pass through as a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. But it was not the blues, it was, it was called La Folia. So if you, if you ever look oh, that up, you okay. know, you're, you're going to find La Folia by Vivaldi, you're going to find La Folia by uh, Corelli, that's the Italians. And then there's uh-huh. the French, and there's the English, mm-hmm. the Spanish, and before you know it, you're like, wow, the whole world is playing this piece, why are we not playing it, you know? So time travel. There you That's have great. it. How, how'd you come upon that piece? Well, I, I was researching, you know, uh-huh. at the end of, uh, or the beginning of 2016, <clears throat> I realized that when, when I studied in school, <clears throat> they always mark the Baroque period to now. Mm-hmm. But um, there's, there's not a whole lot of uh, focus, or there can be, you know, if, if you search back enough. Uh, basically, antiquity to Baroque. Mm-hmm. And I took this class that just opened my eyes, and I was listening to all sorts of ancient music that I wouldn't have experienced otherwise, you know? Okay. And so... That's an important thing, you know, if you, if you get into anything. In this case, we're talking about music, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think any discipline, any, any kind of hobby, interest, um, it's really great to research the history, right? And even, even like maybe stuff that isn't even mainstream, mm-hmm. uh, and there's this kind of joy in discovery, uh-huh. right? For example, something like that, about yeah. La Folia. Cool, man. Um, do you want to talk about uh, some of your new songs that you've been writing? Oh, sure thing, yeah. Okay. Well, so, as, 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 uh, something happened uh, along the process of, you know, performing and uh, swapping, uh, how do I say, formats of the group, you know? Okay. The ideal world would always hire the quartet that I dreamed of forming. Uh-huh. But we don't live in an ideal world. 
we play weddings, we play this, we play that, small venues, big venues. Sometimes it's like, hey, Daniel, we need you to play solo. Uh -huh. Oh, shit. Or sometimes we need you to play a duo or, or a trio's good, but that's it. We can't do. Or, or, or even like pay comes into play too, right? Mm -hmm. Like then, you know, oh, we can all, only offer this much. Yeah. And so you kind of have to concede like oh, we could do the quartet, but I can only really pay a duo. Exactly. So having said that, one day I said, man, I have to step up. I'm going to start singing. Okay. I never thought I'd, you know, be singing live, but yeah. I started working on it. And I had actually been singing for a while, but uh -huh. never in front of crowds, you know. That's crazy, yeah. And, and of relatively course. Relatively new thing. Yeah. And I do have to, I have to give credit to, to our scene, you know, because I, I think uh, here in El Paso, I've been exposed to a lot of songwriters, very good songwriters mm -hmm. that have inspired me. And, and, and all they have is their story, a guitar, and their singing voice. Yeah. Can you, can you think of a few? Oh, of course, absolutely. You know, like like our good friend Javier Martinez, Jay, yeah, Jay, of you know, or Listina, Sergio Listina. Carrasco. Yeah. You know, the list goes oh, on. They're there's, great. There's, yeah. Luis Camberos. Luis, you got, you he's up in Japan Luis. now. He's not in Japan. He's, he's not he's in, in Japan. Korea, actually. He's in Korea now. Somebody said <laughs> Japan, but you know, God bless his soul wherever he is. Chris Igurola, uh -huh. overseas, in dreaming on Australia dreaming away. right now. Yeah, so. you know, so so all these these musicians, you know, um, with their guitars and their singing. Uh, and <laughs> I've I've always loved the guitar, but I, uh, I I never dared to to share singing. And then I, I thought, you know, I got to tell my story. And uh, one of my favorite things about your CD and really just your compositions are the titles. There's a certain heaviness, or rather profundity, that that go that's involved with the name. And uh, what are some examples of some of the names you use for your okay. titles? Well, uh, <clears throat> Live to Love, Another Day is okay. one, or right. how about uh, Why Must the Kings, or Sacred Mirrors, uh -huh. Bloodstained Skies. You're right, they, they can I be like a that. bit... And, and maybe heaviness is the wrong word, but it definitely shares a sentiment that there's something you want to share, something that's meaningful. Absolutely. So, yeah, tell us more about yeah. your titles. And, and Well, I don't want to come and tell you here that it's, it's a heavy world, you know? Uh -huh. Who am I to say anyway? The world is what it is, but I, I think... You know, I, I've grown to be a realist, and the world's a beautiful place. It has good people, it has bad people in it. It has people. It has people. That's right. You know, but, <laughs> but you know, I think, uh, like I said, it's, I, I feel compelled when I, when I write, I feel compelled to, to honor the things that I've lived Great. Otherwise, it just I would not be honoring those things, you know. So when I sit down and write, what is it that, that I hold in my heart? What is it that people can connect to, you know? Or what's happening in the world? Look at the world. Uh, you know, 2015, there was uh, Paris attacks and in Lebanon yeah. and all over the place. And, and then we're here. Um, it just touches my heart, you know, that, that people are, are fighting revolutions in other countries and the it really does get intense. And here we are, you know, complaining about little things, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, you could argue all sorts of different things but for other people. That's yeah. true. Everybody's got their own battles, you know, but, uh, you know, you watch the news and you see so, certain things. So tell me how, how this manifests in your music. Okay, yeah, sure yeah. thing. Well, you know, uh, like when that happened with the Paris attacks, I wrote that song, Why Must the Kings? <clears throat> it's actually based on scripture. And um, if I could remember, I think it says something like, uh, why must the kings of the earth take their stand against uh -huh. Jah and his anointed one? I didn't write that. That's off of the psalm, the second psalm. Uh -huh. um, when you see what's happening with the world, 
you know, you can't help but maybe feel that way. Enough words, pretty much the song goes like this. Why must the kings of the world take their stand against that which shines as true and divine? Why must the kings of the world take their stand? Why must they shatter creation? Why must the kings of the world take their stand with nothing in mind but the business of war? There's moments, you know, when you look at the world and you say, did, did our country really do that just for this and that? Why are we fighting those wars? What's the uh -huh. interest? And, 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 and you, grow, you grow angry, you know? So you realize how upside down the world is. I'm not going to get political with you, but I, I could get more... Uh, I mean, many um, would say art is political. You can't separate. Yeah, two. you really can't. You know, I've tried for... Even, even its existence, you know, in many ways is a political act. What I would rather tell you sometimes uh -huh. is, is just my, my, uh, my own experience, my own struggle, you know? That's great. Devoid yeah. of any other attachment to any other group or any other flag or what have you sure the, the world is really just a, <clears throat> a a very separated but unified world if that mm -hmm. makes sense having said that sometimes you feel like you got to keep on moving or stay and burn alive be a survivor worthy of a song choose who you will be wisdom or glory Another to die young or love another day Live to love another day Live to love another day Live to love another, another day In all its glories, they will not satisfy. Fools are the dreamers at the edge of the world. Wisdom or glory? None under the sun, no. Only your Maker will remember your name if you live. Love another day, live to love another day, live to love another, another day. Nice. So that was Live to Love Another Day. Yes, sir. And the piece before that was Why Must the Kings. Yes, sir. Great little uh, duo of pieces in, in the... You can probably tell where I'm leading to this. You performed them at the songwriting contest, right? Yes. yes ah, so going to get back to them again. Yeah, put the guitar down. Uh, sure. Um, so you performed those at the songwriting contest, and uh, how did that go, performing those two songs? Oh, it went great. It was a little nerve-wracking. Uh, yeah. We, we waited till literally the very end. Or, uh, we, we, we... <laughs> to show up. No, no. We no, were I know, there for I'm hours. I'm just kidding. You know? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were there for hours, but, uh, but there was a lot of songwriters, and, and there was a, it was a funny story. There was actually a chance that I would not be able to participate uh -huh. in, the, in the thing, so I had to be very persistent and just yeah. ask, you know, and, Pay my due, my mm -hmm. literal due for, for the entry fee. And That's right. Ask around, wait around with a, mm -hmm. uh, the uncertainty of like, well, Daniel, if these people don't show up, maybe you can perform. 
Yeah, and he performed that with uh, Manny Flores Jr. Yeah, you guys yeah. look sharp that night. You guys, you know, were wearing rocking the Blues Brothers look. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that's not really what matters though, because out of so many, uh, and by the way, as I mentioned earlier, I, I hosted this, and it was it was a great event wow. put on by Star City Studio, oh, yeah. um, and uh, El Paso songwriting contest, right? Uh, which you can look up online. Uh, Everyone who performed like I was very impressive, you know. Oh, yeah. And so, in the end, there were only so few winners, mm -hmm. which uh, you can claim, right? Being a winner. So, what did you win? Well, I won a nice little shiny trophy. Okay, trophy, and yeah. and the, it was a specific title. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. Of course. What what I actually won was best music and song. It was best music and song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. So, so those two pieces were the pieces that won it. Yes, sir. Those cool. two. I was actually the, the first one. Live to love another day is, okay. is the one that okay. was that was awarded. Nice. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, well, both were great. I think uh, mm -hmm. they they stood out. You know, okay. I think uh, you were even compared to Tom Waits because you uh, a little bit because you when you performed you kind of went with a more grizzly voice. I think oh. super like more than you usually usually perform. And I thought that was in, an interesting choice, but uh, I think you went with it and you went full into it and it worked out. Wow. Cool. Yeah, so, uh, experience. nice, man. And so, as a songwriter, sometimes you get, uh, have you ever been commissioned for work? Yes, yes, I have. Okay, cool. I'm very thankful for that because that's something I aspire to, you know? Mm -hmm. That's that's when you know you're doing good things. You yeah, know? definitely. And, and uh, that's actually a very interesting story, or it's different, very nice collaborations that have come out of that, you know? Uh, okay. I've been commissioned by, a, if you don't mind, I can say some names, you know? I mean, sure. Will they get in trouble if you name names? No, absolutely. Then not. totally, like you, you know, give shout outs to people who deserve our, it. Our good friend Austin Savage, yes. you know, back in, in my uh -huh. college years, he was he was working with the theater, and uh -huh. and he commissioned Still me. Still is. To, yeah, yeah. He see, of course, he see, mm -hmm. commissioned me to write two pieces for the theater, and it was a really good experience. Great. And um, our friend, uh, you really see, mm -hmm. Sasela with the El Paso Playhouse. That was a very nice she collaboration. She summoned Orpheus, huh? Yeah. She okay. she uh, she commissioned uh, I believe it was five pieces for for the for the theater play It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, and it was it was a really great production. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, there's a world of dance too. There's there's oh, that's there's a whole, whole nother world, right? Right there, that's a world. can of worms in a, in a way. It really is. It really is. And, and uh, but tell us about it anyway. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool, you know. All right, all right. Well, I, I think that there, honestly, there's so much that we can talk about between the two of us that we'll probably have to have you on for a part two of the podcast, yeah. right? But um, for now, I know you've been working on some new pieces. Uh -huh. Do you uh, want to tell us about one of them? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, um, what I'm working on right now is a very important project, mm -hmm. very important to me that it gets done, that we merge two worlds we merge the world of orchestration and the world of the saxophone. Yeah. And so this is a string project that is going to happen very soon here in El Paso. Okay. Uh, and it's it's gonna it, it'll be it's gonna be great, Richie. Let me tell you why. Yeah, tell me why. Uh, imagine, tell the world listening. Uh, imagine this. Um, imagine that that world of chamber music that doesn't always reach all of us. Doesn't always uh, is not always available to us or as consistent as, as other genres mm, in a traveling format, you know, in a place that, that, that can be performed consistently. 
So basically what I'm trying to say is I'm working on pieces that involve the saxophone, the classical saxophone, uh -huh. and the strings, you know, so performing with string ensemble. Yeah, right on. Yeah, and that's something that so I that's will... the next step then. That's right. Cool, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Um, Me and too. also we, we recorded two pieces here in the studio as part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to tell us about some of those? <clears throat> sure thing. Uh, we recorded two pieces. One of them was Bloodstained Skies. All right. Talk about heavy titles, right? And I think we're going to listen to that one later, right? Oh, yeah, sure thing. Okay. I'll tell you about both of them. You know, there's Bloodstained Skies and there's Blood Moon. Okay. Blood Moon is actually the first piece that I started orchestrating. I feel like there needs to be a trilogy, another title with another the word blood. blood in it, you know? You're right, we'll Go out the Blood Trilogy series, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah, let, let, me, let me think about that later, you know? Okay. I think I will. But... um. Blood Moon is basically the piece that, that will be orchestrated for strings mm -hmm. and saxophone. Uh, <clears throat> it just came out to be a bit of an eerie sound, you know, it's yeah. not a happy sound. It's, a, it's like a waltz, but very, very well orchestrated and very yeah. dark sounds. What I mean to achieve is, is a, a darker timbre, a darker, darker okay. color, you know, more contrabass, two cellos, two violas, oh, maybe even cut the violins entirely. I still haven't decided. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we love violins, too. You know, they're great. But uh, Did, Who hurt you? Who hurt you? No, <laughs> no, I, I, lo I no, love I know, it I'm all. Just you know what I'm saying? So, okay, and that's Blood Moon. And, right. and by the way, we'll place a link to that recording, you know, anywhere where we place this podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll get a link for you guys. Yeah, yeah. So Blood Moon that we did here at Power at the Pass is, is the pre precursor to okay. the string ensemble. So basically... You're going to hear strings that, that I'm playing myself uh -huh. with the with the synthesizer with the keyboard, yeah. and on top of that, um, playing the saxophone. Okay, top, you know. So Great. that's that's blood, and that's Blood Moon. And that's then the other moon. one that we worked on involves you playing guitar. That's right. The other and one singing. Uh huh. Yeah, the other ones in songwriting format, Good. songwriter format, and uh, Bloodstained Skies. Yeah, that that would not have happened in uh, if we weren't be living. We wouldn't be living in 2017. You know, America 2017. Okay. And I think uh, something that people are uh, mm, mm, connecting with, you know, I can tell you the lyrics if you like, or if you like, we can just listen to it. But I think it tells a nice story. Yeah. Let's go ahead and, and play. This is going to be Bloodstained Skies, recorded here at Power at the Pass from Daniel Rivera, 2017. And uh, afterwards, we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the piece and wrap up the show. All right, here is Bloodstained Skies. Bloodstained Skies by Daniel Rivetta, and that is one of his newest pieces. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, absolutely. I'll be glad to tell you about Bloodstained Skies, Richie. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> some of my friends say I'm an optimist idealist, but okay. I think this song proves otherwise. <laughs> because uh, 
there's that, there's there's that that uh, truth, that harsh embrace mm-hmm. embracement of this is it, this is what it is, and so <clears throat> uh, really that's what the song is about, you know, for even somebody uh, optimistic and idealist to open his eyes to the world and still still cling on to hope. That's mm-hmm. what the song is about. You see, the song is about a a warring of two thoughts. And and this is where the story comes in, you know? Yeah. There's there's a there's and an tell old me about story. That story. Yeah. I love that story, Richie. And I don't know where it comes from. I honestly don't. Mm-hmm. I'll have to do more research. That's fine. But basically a boy goes to a sage mm-hmm. and the sage tells the boy, There are two wolves warring inside you, fighting. One of them is the good wolf. He is hope, he's love, he's joy. Uh, everything, mm-hmm. you know. There's a bad wolf inside you as well. That's your your hatred, your loneliness, your sadness, your envy, mm-hmm. jealousy. And the boy asks, I have these two wolves inside me, inside of my soul. Which one wins? The sage says, the one you feed. I think mm-hmm. us now have been uh, warring, you know. Right on. And I do, I do mean in, in the best sense of the word <clears throat> about politics, about the world, where our country's going and stuff. And I think it's time to really just let go of that and just unite because we've been separated by so many things. And myself included, I, I, I do not mind admitting that it's, it's easy to lose hope. It's easy to say, where is the world going? But I also do not mind at all to say, we have to keep going. Don't be a fool. Don't give up hope. Mm-hmm. Wisdom and joy, freedom and truth. That's what the verse says, you know? Okay. The other wolf says, bloodstained skies, light it all. Burn it away, you know? Watch the world burn, you know? So yeah. this world, this, this piece is really about those two sentiments, you know? And, and just uh, a person or the collective unconscious, if you will, uh, struggling between those two. Okay. Okay. The chance you hear at the end and at the beginning <clears throat> mm-hmm. is is a is a prayer. It's a, it's a, it's meant to be a call for for hope and for peace. You know that we can we can chant we can yeah. chant for peace okay. even so through all that. this like low pitched guttural kind of chant. Yeah. Okay. You know, so that's basically what the song's about: bloodstained skies. Bloodstained skies, very cool, man. And uh, I feel like we could do a whole podcast, like just on on the song and analyzing the lyrics, and and that'd be something to look at. Hmm. I would definitely like to have you on for a part two, just because I think there's a lot of stories to share and and stuff to talk about in terms of music. Uh, but for now, you know, I think it's time to wrap up the show. Uh, you know, thanks for listening. If you guys, wherever you're listening from, at home, or from your phone on your drive to work, back to work, um, just any road trip. Uh, thanks for listening. We're happy to have you here. Again, we're the BWAMS podcast. Uh, we're celebrating our 10th year of being around here in El Paso, Juarez region. And uh, thanks to our guest, Daniel Rivetta. And if you want to find more of his music, uh, where can we find you? Sure thing. Find me on the Facebook, you know, the, the Golden Groove. Face. The Facebook. And find, uh-huh. find, find the YouTube channel if you... If you if, you find the YouTube channel, it's under Daniel Rivera Jazz. Uh-huh. You can subscribe to it. I have Daniel over Rivera 60, Jazz. I think 70 videos now. And if you look up the Golden Groove, most of those videos will be uploaded to your channel. And you could just subscribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check That's those videos right. out. And then there's also the Reverb Nation. <clears throat> okay. You know, there's Do you still use that? No. <laughs> well, it's but there. it's still there. It's there, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, so I think a good way to end the show is 
Do you have any favorite quotes about music? Oh, favorite quotes about music, Richie? Yeah. All right, right off the top of my head. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, uh, why don't we go with uh, the maestro? Oh, yeah? The Who's one it? and only, uh-huh. Mr. Ludwig van Beethoven. Think I've heard of him? <laughs> Once said, okay. music is a higher revelation than all wisdom and philosophy. Wow, he's laying it out there. Yeah. Um, cool, thanks for sharing. Um, thanks for being on the show. Looking forward to part two. Uh, that's it for the podcast. See you guys next time. Peace. Thanks a lot, Paso. Thank you. Uh-huh.